0: It has been a while since we recorded. If I remember correctly, it has been a gap of around two or three months. Yes. So I just wanted to quickly give an update about what we went up to during these times and why there was such a long gap. So we were doing some research about what are the visa requirements for starting a company in Japan. We also did some research about how do you incorporate your business in Japan. Our motivation was to find out how to sell your product to some other companies. Do we need to incorporate our company or not? So we will have a dedicated episode for this, maybe in the next
1: episode where we will discuss more details. So since the last time we recorded, I have switched teams within my company. When I joined my previous team, like two years ago, I was surprised to find out that Fang had like an average of two, three years of tenure. I was surprised just two, three years. And now that I have changed teams, it makes somewhat sense because there are things beyond your control. I was in a privileged enough position to say I don't like the direction the team is going or the company is going. And I'm back to reading books. Oh, what kind of books? I'm currently reading The Lean Startup and seeing how we can apply the Lean Startup ideology to our own ideas when we are trying to like validate some of our product ideas and see if those can be sustainable businesses.
0: Mm, interesting. I also read The Lean Startup book a few months ago. And one of the chapters in the book is about Genchi Genbutsu, which basically means go and see for yourself you can interpret it as talking to your customers to find out what you want to build or what you should build and after that i've been more interested in finding out how to talk to customers and how to find actual problems of customer that lead to some actionable insight and after that i found the book the mom test and it's very very interesting you can find some really actionable advice to talk to customers Instead of talking about your product or your ideas, you should talk about the problems of your customers to get a better insight into their life so that you can build the product they need. Other than that, I did some travels. I went to travel to Hiroshima and
1: Miyajima Island. Did you go anywhere? I did a sort of workation from Kyoto and Osaka, which are like the second and third largest cities in Japan. A few interesting observations. Kyoto has several museums and 11 museum related websites not tourism websites, 11 museum-related websites, something like TripAdvisor, but solely for Kyoto. Osaka museums? Nah, they don't have a place here. And once you are bitten by the, I want to launch my own business park, you'll find problems everywhere and start applying. Is this market big enough? Will customers pay me to solve this problem? Will you be able to reach on top of Google search results? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Tech Culture Podcast, a podcast about careers, products, and business ideas related to tech. I'm your host, Kostab. I'm your host, Prashant. So LinkedIn recently released the top startups for this year list. These companies are on the rise. These are the places that young professionals want to work in. So LinkedIn put together this list based on like four pillars, employee growth, job seeker interest member engagement and how well these startups pulled talent from the top companies that linkedin rank into their own startups just to clarify these top companies we are talking about today are the top startup companies in india yep we have chosen to not select companies which work in the same domains that we have discussed before we are trying to discuss companies that are somewhat unique out of the list of 25 we will discuss four of them from the list of
0: the companies one i found most interesting was Fampay. So FAMPay provides a prepaid card and their target demographic are teenagers. So they basically provide financial solution for kids without them having to open their bank accounts. The kids can use FAMPay for P2P payments so they can send some money to their friends and they can also use it for online and offline payments. So the good thing about this is they don't have to bother their parents for their card details or bother them every time for OTPs. One unique thing about this FAMPay prepaid card is the card details are not printed on the card to make it more secure. The card details are present in the app only. To make the card more appealing to the younger people, you can choose any type of custom doodles to print on your card. You can also choose any name to print on your card if you want it to be Clark Kent or
1: Nolan Grayson. Or I am vengeance. (laughs) Yeah.
0: To load money into the prepaid card, kids have to send requests to their parents. And then they can load their money into their kid's wallet. The transactions that kid do using their own prepaid card is not hidden from the parents. Parents can still monitor the merchants to which the payments are made from the FAMPAI card. In my personal opinion, I think this is great for independency of teenagers from their parents. If you're thinking why kids can't get their cards from bank itself, I see two main benefits that FAMPAI provides over the banks. So the first one is they don't have to go to the bank. I don't think I need to explain anything about this. The banks, whether private or public, sucks. The service is like very bad. So you have to stand in line for hours or something. So if you don't have to go to the bank, then that is very good. Another great part is the entire experience of Vampire prepaid card and the entire ecosystem is designed specially for teenagers. So they can provide much better features to kids. Another great benefit I see from this is that kids are managing their allowance from parents themselves, they might become more interested in how to manage their money judiciously. And this can also help in increasing the financial literacy of kids. There is a great opportunity for FanPay to expand their business. When the kids who are using FanPay services, when they actually grow up and have their own job and everything, they will want to stay in the ecosystem that they are already familiar with. FanPay can definitely extend their services to provide banking needs for adults as well later. What do you think, Kostav? Would you have a FAMPay prepaid card if you were a
1: teenager? I'm somewhat suspicious about giving financial responsibility to minors. And I'm pretty sure FAMPay might have faced similar problems. It's not just the legal barriers of it. There's also the burden of tradition, you might call it. Maybe not all parents would be comfortable giving this financial freedom to their kids. So my concerns are not whether the kids will be responsible or not. It's convincing the parents that the kids are responsible. So kids cannot load money into their prepaid card by themselves. Parents
0: can always, I think, do a trial run. So initially, they can only give them, you know, 20% of their monthly allowance. And later, if they find that if their kids are behaving judiciously, then they can increase their allowance. Coming back to the funding, FAMPA has raised $38 US million in Series A round in June of this year. So the lead investors for this Series A round were Elevation Capital and Sequoia Capital India. And in total, they have raised 49 million US dollars so far.
1: So the next company I'm going to talk about is ShareChat. Let's go back a bit. This is June 2020 and TikTok is banned in India over national security issues. Several other apps of Chinese origin were also pulled from Play Store citing security reasons that the data is stored in an unauthorized manner in servers outside India. As a result, the TikTok audience in India wanted, demanded other platforms with short video content. In August 2020, Instagram launched Reels, which was basically the same content. A new contender emerges. So ShareChat launched Moj, MOJ, in July 2020, like one month after India banned TikTok. They marketed Moj as India's own short video app, India's answer to TikTok, marketing along the lines of patriotism, which is what sells in India. and. The co-founder claims that it was developed within 30 hours, which is big if true. When they say it
0: was developed within 30 hours, do they mean the front end? Sorry. (laughs) 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 Sorry. What does that mean? Are they talking about front end? Are they talking about their entire infrastructure, the back end, their platform? What are they
1: talking about? They claim that the whole mod infrastructure, the front-end, back-end, whatever ML integration they had, all of that was developed and deployed within 30 years. Still sus. <laughs> Very <laughs> sus. Mod has around 160 million monthly active users, and they claim that one in every four internet users in India uses Mods. ShareChat itself started in 2015, and they support 15 Indian languages, and I don't think they have an English version at all. And ShareChat is like highly localized content sharing platform with user generated content, news, and its UI seems somewhat similar to line if you've used it. So when you say highly localized content, what does that
0: mean? Does it provide recommendations for videos, which are like, you know, very, very
1: local to your geographical location? So not geographical, but local to your language. If I sign up with Hindi, all the videos that i will be recommended all news, every update that I receive is in Hindi. Let's say you speak Marathi, it is a safe assumption that you will be interested in news from Maharashtra. So it's also localized in the sense of language and region. In an interesting demographic I discovered was 75% of share chat are between the age group of 18 to 34 and it's an approximately similar stat for Indian users of Facebook. Yeah, it just suggests that the age group of 18 to 34 is in India is very internet aware. As I mentioned, ShareChat is like user-generated content, short videos. Do you have any guesses on their business model? Blockchain. (laughs) Not blockchain, not (laughs) cryptocurrency. Of course, they sell ads. (laughs) Talking about video creation and the tools required for them, it was interesting to find that ShareChat is backed by Twitter and Snapchat both and their current valuation surpasses $2.88 billion. (laughs)
0: The next product we are going to discuss is no broker. So no broker is a marketplace for real estates. And basically if you want to buy or rent house or apartments, uh, you can use this marketplace. Their main goal is to remove brokers from these transactions. Other than the marketplace, no broker also provides some additional services for paperwork's like lease agreements, registration. If you are a seller and you want to list your property on no broker, then. Then after making the listing, your property would be only available to search after verification. And if you edit your property details after listing, it will require a verification again. So they do a pretty tight quality control. In terms of value that it provides, I can see three main things. First one would be both buyers and sellers can save progress that varies from half months to two months worth of rent. Best thing I like about this is the fact that it removes information asymmetry from the market. Generally, what happens is brokers know all the properties that are available in the market and you are completely dependent on brokers to find you the property. So you can only see the properties that your broker shows you You might not be able to optimize your property search. And the third main advantage is that when you want to purchase properties through brokers, the incentives of yourself and your brokers are misaligned. You want to find the best property that suits your requirements. But for brokers, they want to sell maybe the not so good properties first and maybe good properties later. So they might show you only the bad properties first.
1: In another words, it removes brokers bias. Brokers might play favoritism and decide to not show you some of the better suited properties. So one of the things that comes to mind when discussing e-commerce in India is a lot of Indian customers are still doing transactions in cash. So does no broker support that?
0: I don't think they are a payments platform. So they are only there to provide match between buyers and sellers. However, there are some issues that I see that could be problematic in scaling the businesses. Right now, this business is present in 11 cities. And to scale it to more cities, that would require having more listings on their website. As I said earlier, they individually verify each property. Or they might also want to detect whether the listing details are false or not. So that requires a large amount of manpower or customer supports who can manually verify these listings. As they scale to more cities, they will need more and more manpower to do that verification. One way to solve that would be designing good machine learning systems that can potentially help in verification of these properties. Saying building such a system is easier, but actually building them and seeing their precision and recall would be quite different. Just slap machine learning on it. It will work. (laughs) So coming back to the problem with deals not done in cash, I think that is a big problem in India. So most of the deals in real estate are done in cash for reasons I can't explain right now, but (laughs) yeah, people prefer to do real estate transaction in cash and that might become problem. So people might not want to list their properties on this website due to that. In terms of funding, Broker has raised total of 214 million US dollars in
1: over 10 rounds. One curious thing I noticed about Nobroker is it's trying to solve multiple problems in one specific niche. This has been a recurring theme in the companies that we have discussed so far. So the last company we want to discuss in the LinkedIn's top 25 startups of 2021 India is REL, which markets itself as India's number one lifestyle video app. Woo. Trell is like a lifestyle social commerce platform, and it's also a phone-based video platform with video content for three minutes. And when we talk about social commerce, yes, we covered about Misho some time ago when they hit unicorn status. Misho also features on the list, and right now they are valued at $4.6 billion, so like four times since we covered them. Trell is, again, hyper-local. They serve in eight Indian languages across a few lifestyle categories, which is like fashion, beauty, personal care, recipes, food, travel, and when posting a vlog on it, it explicitly asks you to list your target audience by language and your vlogs category. Visiting the landing page, you instantly feel Trell is what happened when 9gag and Pinterest had a baby. So a lot of short-length video content displayed in tabular format. So one area where Trell differs from other short video content platforms is it has a shop inbuilt. Trell's shop page is a lot similar to Amazon India's page. A lot of discounts, great deals, and a lot of festival-related content. The Trell shop is basically B2C. It seems to capture the Indian e-commerce audience minds well by prominently displaying catch on delivery orders. And the shop is actually a fully-fledged e-commerce platform. The listing it suggests are very cross-category, but still related to lifestyle, like grooming, fashions, skincare, health and wellness, etc. Scrolling on their Insta page, I found out they had a lot of coverage on Lakme Fashion Week, which gives you a good idea of what their target audience is. How do the customers that use this
0: platform make money? Is it quite similar to Mishu, where they select some product and they try to
1: market it? If that product is sold, then they get a certain part of the commission. The marketplace has B2C, not C2C. So it's businesses or brands selling their products on the marketplace, not actual creators. So creators can tie up with brands for marketing, but usually in such cases, the creators have their own brand that they can sell via Trell's shop. A few more facts. Their approximate valuation is $120 million, but it's relatively young. It's just four years old. So far, it has had 75 million downloads and 25 million monthly active users. So compared to ShareChat, which has around 240 million active users, it's just 10%. But because it's a social commerce platform, they're not making money just via ads, but also via the e-commerce platform that they serve. And with that, we have concluded today's companies. How do you feel about recording after such a long time? I
0: feel like I made a lot of mistakes.
1: <laughs> In life or today? <laughs> <laughs> Where can I lose this? <laughs> why not both that is all for this episode of the tech culture podcast you can find the links to all the topics we talked about in the show notes subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app follow the show on twitter and instagram at tech catch you the next time bye